0: Well, without even asking how everyone is doing this morning, why don't we stand up and tell each other while we're how we're doing this morning? Just a time of greeting, a little time of greeting here this morning. Welcome one another to uh, to our fellowship time here at the church. See how you're doing. I had uh, I had mentioned something last week, and I thought I would just show you this, and uh, we'll we'll we need to get rolling here, but. Uh, Every week, when we hold a church service, approximately an hour and a half, okay, in that neighborhood, we don't just show up and it happens. We show up and things have been prepared to assist and facilitate what God wants to do. And I don't know whether you can hit that with the camera or not, uh, if that's uh, uh, too much back there. Can you find out with the camera? Do we do we have it? Yeah, there we go. That's like working in a mirror. There. <laughs> there. But folks, every Sunday, every Sunday, all these people have committed their time, their gifts, their, their abilities to do what needs to be done to make church happen, okay? And and obviously, this is rotational. This is this Sunday's group, and there will always be duplicates. There will be people serving in some capacity every week. But all that to say this, your name could be on this list. Consider it. Pray about it. We need everything. I would like to see some more more, uh, uh, door visitors. Uh, We typically have uh, greeters uh, at the the sanctuary doors, but I'd like to see greeters always stationed at the outside exits and and entrances, okay? Uh, So there's always room for somebody uh, to to just show up with a smile and a handshake or open the door uh, and greet people. But uh, a lot of things on here, a lot of opportunities for service, and I just thought it would be interesting to see how many people, how many people are involved in Basically, making sure church happens, all right, and probably wouldn't be a bad idea to pray for those folks too, because uh, they're very committed. And uh, so, all right, uh, Gary Silver, please be praying for the Silver family uh, as Gary uh, continues his uh, his stay in the hospital and uh, and the healing that needs to take place in his body. Be with Helen, of course. Uh, pray for them. Drop uh, drop Helen a card. Give him a call. Uh, the Boss family, uh, Betty Boss, uh, passed away uh, last Thursday. Uh, and uh, there's visitation tonight at Community Covenant Church in Osage City. And I'll be doing the service there in the morning at 10 a.m. All right. Uh, oh, also, we have sunrise service uh, scheduled again for this year. Uh, more information, more details will be coming, but we'll be joining the Bible Church once again. Uh, as uh, kind of a tradition we've established here in the community, uh, to uh, share a sunrise service over here at the park, uh, the the lake, by the lake. So uh, more information will be coming on that, but we are confirmed uh, uh, for that great event this year also as we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together, please. Father, we have made a very, very short list no one this morning, but also quite confident that there are many more who could use a kind word, a card, a call, a word of encouragement, so many that could and would covet our prayers. A list every week on our bulletin, a, week, uh, a list every week that's sent out on prayer chains of this church of people that are counting on us to lift them up in prayer. So, Father, I don't even understand all the mystery that's involved in intercessory prayer, but I know that we are called to intercede, and you honor and work through intercessory prayers, so we pray for these people this morning. Those who are hurting, those who are in hospitals, those, uh, I know of some facing surgery, some that are recovering from surgery. The list is quite long. But you are a big God, a great God, full of grace and mercy. So, Father, we surrender these needs to you because we can do a lot of things to help out, but only you can accomplish the healing. Only you can accomplish the the restoration, and even the reconciliation where it needs to happen. In our remaining time together, be glorified, be glorified, and don't let me get in the way of what you want to accomplish. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to move rather rapidly as we uh, uh, move into the text, the Word of God. But I promise you, we will not compromise that word in any way, shape, or form. How many have seen the show, Let's Make a Deal? Well, if you've seen the show, Let's Make a Deal, and of course, that goes way back uh, to previous, uh, whatever they call those guys, MCs or, or whatever of the show, there was usually three doors to choose from. And then at the end of the show, if you so qualified, you would qualify for the big deal. The big deal. People would dress up in costumes, hoping to get picked and play for a chance at the big deal. And I began to wonder, I began to think about that. Are there people in churches today dressing up, looking like someone they're not, in hopes that they will win the big deal? But they have never entered by way of the only door. You see, folks, heaven is no game show, and hell is way more than a zonk. Let's don't be playing games with God. Let's get down to his word. John chapter 10, if you would stand at the reading of the word of God, please. John chapter 10, we'll read verses 1 through 10. Because choosing the right door really is a big deal. For they do not know the voice of the stranger. The figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So I present to you the third I am of our series. Jesus said, I am the door, or some versions may say gate. Father, please, by your power and authority, bless the reading of your word this morning and inscribe these truths upon our heart draw us near to you, give us a deeper understanding of who you are and what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. This is the first of two I Am statements found in chapter 10, and Pastor Adam will be picking up on the uh, next one next week uh, as he discusses the Good Shepherd. The I Am declarities made by Christ are essential to our understanding of His deity. There is only one I am represented and manifested in both the Father and the Son. I am the door or gate. I am the good shepherd will be next week. So what do you think when you hear someone say, take the first door on your right or go through the door on your left? There, there are two things. You are either going to remove the door from its hinges or open the door I'm going to tell you, you can't go through the door. Now, stay with me on this. This this is my, my rambling thoughts for the week, okay? You can't go through the door, physically speaking. You're going to have to open it, remove it from its hinges. But the door is covering a place that you cannot enter. We do not actually go through the door. We pass through the doorway. Is that right, Brian? Am I okay? So in our passage, Christ is both the door and the doorway. He's both. Middle Eastern sheep pens consisted of rock walls or temporary facilities usually uh, in the wilderness where the sheep would be gathered from their grazing by day into a place of security by night. And the shepherd would then lay across that opening to keep the sheep in the pen. But the shepherd had to call them. The shepherd had to bring them in first. So he would bring them in. They would follow the shepherd into the pen. So they came via the shepherd through the shepherd's gate where the shepherd would lay at night. So Jesus is both the gate and the door or the doorway. Now that I have us all completely confused and have accomplished nothing of any significance, a door provides separation. Doors provide safety and security. Doors may limit access. You cannot be on both sides of the door at the same time. You're either in or you're out. And you know, it's only one step, isn't it? One step. Wearsby knows that it's unfortunate that this passage is, is, is often used for, for, to describe heaven, And although the the principle is true, this passage doesn't necessarily apply to that. It is not based on this verse when we talk about heaven. Jesus made it clear that the fold is the nation of Israel. The Gentiles are the other sheep. We're the other sheep that need to get into the sheepfold. Every true shepherd must be called of God. Jesus came by the appointed way. He is the chief shepherd. And he will take care of of his sheep he leads us in he leads us out when we become part of one flock which is the church he is the door of salvation those who trust him enter the lord's flock or fold and they have the wonderful privilege of going with him a very quick overview or summary of this text has three promises first of all verses one through six tell us that jesus provides salvation verses seven and verse 10 tell us that jesus provides security Verses 8 and 9 says Jesus provides our sustenance, salvation, security, sustenance. But Jesus gives us four more points to consider. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? Jesus issues an explicit warning. An explicit warning. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and robber. This is a shepherd trying to get in and take control of the sheep. That man is a thief and a robber. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to him. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that may have life and have it abundantly. Christ makes it clear there are fakes out there. There are false shepherds out there. False teachers, false messiahs, preaching false religions. Christ warns us of these people are not sent by God. Remember, Christ came by way of the Father. He was the shepherd that came by the proper way, the appointed one, uh, uh, given the shepherding role over Israel. And so Christ warns us that these people are not sent by God. They're thieves and robbers, and they only want to steal, kill, and destroy. They always offer false doors to choose. Big prizes, health, wealth, prosperity. And it will always be enticing to the flesh. Jesus says, beware, beware. Secondly, Jesus makes an exclusive claim an exclusive claim truly truly I say to you I am the door of the sheep so we have the first statement that there are those who are false shepherds they're false doors they're thieves and robbers and this this profound statement of Christ says look salvation is found in no one else other than me Brothers and sisters, we don't apologize for that. Matter of fact, never apologize for the Word of God. But we don't need to apologize. We cannot, must not apologize to the exclusive nature of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. Exclusively. I had this discussion just very recently with with one of the men at Lansing, and and it was one of the points that, that I made in my discussion if 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 Jesus is only one way, then he was delusional, or he was insane, or he had a, a a Messiah complex or something, but he made this exclusive claim, and brothers and sisters do not sugarcoat that in discussion and dialogue with other people in love, we must be able to stand firm on the Word of God and say, if you don't J.D., if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ right now, you're lost. You're lost. But I believe J.D. has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he will testify to that reality. So Jesus makes this exclusive claim. There are not many roads or many paths to heaven, folks. As the door, Jesus delivers sinners from bondage. He leads them into freedom. They have salvation. The word saved means delivered, safe, and sound. It was used to say that a person had recovered from a severe illness, come through a bad storm, survived a war, or was acquitted of a heinous crime in court. Some modern preachers want to do away with the word saved. Of course, they've also done away with the word sin. Don't want to talk about sin, right? Well, if you don't want to talk about sin, we don't need to talk about a Savior, right? If there is no sin, there's no need for a Savior. But I'm here to tell you, and I love every one of you folks, you're all sinners. Oh, so am I. Yeah. Paul and I are in a great race to see who's the chiefest of all sinners. But folks, we will never understand the magnitude of God's grace, we'll never comprehend the beauty of his mercy until we come to grips with the depth of our depravity. When we understand just how lost we are without him, then we'll begin, begin to understand his grace. Because it's by grace we are saved through faith. There is but one God, one Lord, one Savior, which unites us into one body, one faith, one baptism, one hope. And we as Christians have the only God, because he's the one true and living God, but we have the only God who didn't leave it up to man to get up to him. He came down to man and made the sacrifice himself to reconcile us unto himself. What what kind of God does that? You ever seen that car commercial with the insurance? What, What kind of? The insurance does that. What kind, of, what kind of God does that? You know, by the way, I, I thought of something. You ever seen that squirrel? I made two confessions last week on how old I was. I remember Lincoln logs, and I get up at midnight to go to the bathroom. Sorry. Thirdly, Jesus extends an expansive offer. Now, this this really if if people would just get a hold of this, they think of the the exclusive nature of Jesus' invitation that he would have the audacity to proclaim that he is the only way of salvation. But then he makes this profound statement. Not only am I the only way of salvation, it's an invitation that's extended to all people. That's pretty inclusive. Anyone, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. All who believe, all who put their faith in Christ will be saved. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Who is left out of that invitation? This is the universal invitation of Christ. That does not mean, whoa, back up. That does not mean we believe in universal salvation. All men will not be saved, but all men have the ability to come to Jesus Christ and make a decision to put their faith in him for their salvation. So everybody will not be saved, but the invitation extends to all people. All people, all color, all nations, all tribes, all backgrounds are invited to enter. Listen to this beautiful portrait of Revelation chapter 7. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Listen to this continuing, Amen, the one of the elders that addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore they are forever before the God, before God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. This is the ultimate This is the ultimate promise that Jesus has laid forth in simply trusting him as our Lord and our Savior. Therefore they will sit before the throne of God, serve him day and night, forever and ever. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor the scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hallelujah! That's the ultimate promise. Big deal. Big deal. So if you don't like someone here on earth or can't get along with uh, uh, another church or flock member, you're going to be miserable in heaven. Because I have this idea. I don't don't have any scriptural uh, proof. Uh, uh, You know it ought to be in there, but I guess it's not. If you're at odds with a brother and sister in Christ, I mean a true born-again believer, God's going to set you right next to Him for all eternity, forever and ever. Fourth, I, I would make also one note from our last uh, point there. If we if we see now, Jesus is the door, the shepherd, and the lamb. The door, the shepherd, and the lamb. Jesus provides an enduring promise. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it abundantly. There is protection inside the sheepfold. The door himself stands watch 24-7. In the sheepfold we are safe as the door is secure and the church was designed to be a flock. There are no lone sheep found in the New Testament scripture. Wolves and predators are always looking for the most vulnerable, the weak, the wandering, the sheep separated from the flock. Not only does Christ watch and guard over us, he leads us and guides us through life as we travel together. You cannot be in the will of God and be separated from his flock, folks, because that is his design. The true shepherd came to save the sheep. The false shepherd came to take advantage of the sheep and exploit them. Behind these false shepherds, the thief is a reference to Satan. The thief wants to steal a sheep from the fold, slaughter them, destroy them. We shall see later that the sheep are safe in the hands of the shepherd and in the grip of our God and Father. When you go through the door, you receive life. You receive life and you are saved and as you go in and out, you enjoy the abundant life in the rich pastures that the Lord provides. His sheep enjoy fullness and freedom. Jesus not only gave his life for us, but he gives his life to us. That's important for us to understand. So, in conclusion, I want to run through these principles very quickly Christ is the door, he is the only way of salvation, and we must enter through him. The door is for exiting and entering. Christ is the door to forgiveness. Those who trust in him exit condemnation. Those who trust in him enter justification. Christ is the door of life. Those who trust him exit spiritual life, and those who trust him enter a new life, Christ is the door to heaven. Those who trust him exit the road to hell. Those who trust him enter eternal life. Have you exited and entered appropriately through the door? Eternal life is a present possession. When you are saved, you have entered into eternal life. It begins at the moment of conversion. We can know we have eternal life, 1 John 5 and 13. Christ was the door of the ark. When Noah built the ark, it was a symbol, an Old Testament typology of the person of Christ. Not only was Christ the ark, he was the door of the ark everything is seen in that story christ is the only door there is no other door to forgiveness there is no other door to new life there is no other door to heaven there is no other door to eternal life many try to find other doors religious doors baptism communion church membership financial doors giving to the churches or charities doors of personal merit good works honesty etc cultic doors false christ false doctrine all of these fail Christ alone is the door, and there is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved. It's a narrow door. It's a narrow door. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Christ is the door for all who believe. If any man enter, the invitation is open to all. Another way to say whosoever. Now a shepherd or a sheepfold is a place of safety in the midst of danger. The wilderness may be all around, and wild beasts may herd growling only a stone throw off. But the sheep in the fold are as safe as if no enemy were there. Brothers and sisters, we got to start trusting Jesus. We got to start trusting Jesus, not just a Christian uh, mantra or a little cute little uh, spiritual saying we throw out there. Oh, I trust the Lord. Do we? Do we trust the Lord? Do we trust the Lord with our next heartbeat? Do we trust the Lord with our next breath? Do we trust the Lord for our next meal? Or are we just pretty doggone good at providing for ourselves? Do we trust him? they have entered and they are saved so in the new in this new place god makes known to us that there is a place where even now the wilderness of this world with with evil prowling all around may we may rest in safety as sheep within the fold let me tell you this is nearness to god this is nearness to god the door opens for all who wish to enter it opens for all who come to Jesus. Those who enter the door, find salvation, they shall be saved. Listen, we got to bring this thing to conclusion, but it's it's hard to jump out of the gospel, isn't it? You got to bring it together. Christ has given us all these warnings in scripture. The scripture has given us multiple warnings about the error of our natural ways. And that's not to necessarily scare us. But out of love, God is reaching out to humanity right now. He's reaching out to sinful man. He's saying, please, please come. The time is near. The time is short please come. I don't know how many of you watch the news. There is violence, and I don't need to remind you, but there is violence and mayhem and murder and atrocities and criminal acts and and all kinds of inhumane conduct within humanity. And brothers and sisters, there's only one way out of it. There's only one way out of it. We were getting ready to leave the prison the other day, and and they had a, a, a very brief lockdown. Uh, there was a, an ambulance in the, in, for the compound, and, and so they locked all the cell blocks, and we're standing there uh, in a line with all these residents. And I went up, and I put my arm around one of them, and I said, Brother, don't you know another way out of here? And he just laughed, and he said, No. <laughs> Almost like he'd look, Gary. <laughs> but see... Really, no different. There's only one way out of there. There's only one door that was going to open, and somebody in authority has to open it. The door opens for all who wish to enter, it opens for all sinners. It opens for all who will come to Jesus. Those who enter this door are in the sheepfold. Those who enter this door are satisfied and they find pasture. One step in or out. You cannot stand in the doorway. You are either on the outside or on the inside. One great preacher of old said, the man who died and was almost saved is like the man that just was executed but was almost pardoned. Almost doesn't count. We all know the cliche with that. And it really is a big deal. It really is a big deal. It's a matter of life and death. Don't be scared into heaven. Be invited. Be invited. That's God's love story. That's his love story. I love you so much that I will send everything that I have I will give all that I am to make it possible for you to spend eternity with me no other God in history has ever made that offer and fulfilled it that's because there's only one true living God if you're here today and you're unsure of your salvation Know this, one of the promises of Jesus is that he will keep you saved, and no one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. No one. Remember that. Father, thank you for the time that we've had here this morning might have pushed us a little but father i I believe we've we've accomplished what we needed to accomplish father thank you for the word that's living and active thank you that it's sharper than a double-edged sword thank you father that it has the power to convict and through understanding it has the power to save And father this is about a beautiful new life this is about accepting an invitation that will restore us restore us, make us whole, give us purpose, give us meaning, give us a a whole new reason for living fully and abundantly. Fathers, to give back even possibly what Satan has already stolen. There may be people here this morning that need restoration. They feel like they've been ripped off by the evil one. A lot has been taken from them. They have experienced great loss, sorrow, and pain. Today, Father, please reveal to those hearts that you can restore all that the locusts have eaten in more beautiful ways than we can even imagine. Thank you for loving us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.